Welcome back to the Information Security Stack together with me, Daniel Gustafsson and Kim Hindart. Hubba. So, uh, on popular demand, we will talk about GDPR again. Because that is apparently what people want us to talk about again. So, let's talk about GDPR again. And uh, a bit of a summary, because it, if, you know, honestly, it was uh, quite a while back since we did talk about this. So a little bit of summary where we are and what the popular questions are these days. And have we actually moved on that much since the introduction of GDPR in 2018? In 2022, early, almost three and a half years later, have we moved past section four of GDPR just yet? Definitions. No, we're still arguing over definitions in GDPR. <laughs> and that's something. But um, yeah, as I try to say to people, I think GDPR is the very, very best law that's ever been written and approved. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the very, very worst law that's ever been written and approved at the same time. So how do you, how do you handle this bipolar condition? Other than being crazy in the head. <laughs> I, I think that's the magic question right now that people are trying mm. to figure out, to be honest with you. <clears throat> because I totally, totally agree that there are a lot of stuff, a huge amount of stuff in the GDPR is up for interpretation and really not clear in any case mm. how you're supposed to handle it. And this is a big, big issue. Because now people are trying and inventing their own handling and their own sort of without consulting experts in the area. And uh, yeah, of course you get <coughs> a lot of crazy interpretations. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, there is a huge lobby mechanism. Let's say a hy hypothetical company, call it Muffins, mm. that have uh, some non-European interests in mind want to do some lobbying and push a lot of money in blurring what should be really, really, really clear with a lot of propaganda. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, it will be blurred. And especially if the clear parts of GDPR is not what you want to hear. Mm. Yeah, of course, you are, you're hoping that the blurred message will be the one Let's get through. So mm. it's just watch uh, the American news outlets today. Mm. Truth is not something that's an absolute anymore. No, that has unfortunately been... I mean, unfortunately, that is true in, in most media today that you push an agenda, mm. right? And you try to push your agenda. And whatever the truth might be, not, you know, depending on which side you stand on that truth, you, you push a different agenda. And that's where we stand currently. And unfortunately, that seems to be true also in this case, in terms of providers and service providers and cloud vendors and so on that wants to tailor GDPR regulations to their specific needs rather than the opposite. The fortunate part is, of course, that there are more and more uh, court rulings regarding GDPR. Mm. And EDPB is coming out with a lot more uh, direct 
provisions, the right uh, rulings as well. The sad part is that why did you not come out with this when you implemented the law? Mm. A certification mechanism and a clarification mechanism should be in place before you take the law. Mm. Not after the law, but um, yeah, you can always argue this because in no way was it really clear. But let's, let's go back to basic, a few of the principles, basic principles with GDPR. Daniel Gustafsson, mm-hmm. you are an individual. I am. You want to purchase something on, let's say, a hypothetical big online marketplace. Mm-hmm. Call it Bamazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I want to buy a frying pan from Bamazon. Exactly. Mm. Then, of course, Bamazon, of course, wants to have some information from you. Mm-hmm. In order to take payment from you, yep, and deliver the frying pan to yep. your home, of course. And then we've discussed this. When they ask for your name and you say Daniel Gustafsson, that's not a personal data because personal data needs to be able to directly or indirectly lead to one single living you individual. Yep. On my end, when I say Kim Hindert as my name, then that's personal data. And the difference is? Uh, there's only one single individual named Kim Hindert in the world. There are several As we stand, named. there's only one Kim Hindert in the world. Thankfully for the rest of us, yeah. but there's only one Kim Hindert in the world. Daniel Gustafsson, there are several of us. Yes. Mm. So you cannot, from a technical point, say this colon in a database Mm. is personal data and this is not no that's not true no it's totally up to can you relate to a single living individual yep my ip address can be personal data and it cannot be Mm -hmm. at the same time Mm. this makes it tricky and i understand but this is the part collect stuff about a single individual and you're into personal data Mm. If you collect user behavior on your site, how fast you type, where you type, how you move your mouse, Mm. that will quickly add up to becoming personal uh, data. Mm -hmm. Because you can then in the next turn identify a single individual from that. Mm. It, It doesn't require you to actually be able to identify a single individual. It's just that you can use it for the purpose of relating that to a single individual. So then, yeah, mm. these are tricky parts. And then it's clearly that we tend to forget the basic principle of GDPR. Collecting any data that's a personal data yep. from a data subject. So you, Daniel Gustafsson, data subject, each and every individual that participate in some type of online service mm-hmm. because let's be clear let's skip the other rand cases where you have a written documentation somewhere let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, the most yeah, no, no. online services yeah. <laughs> but any data that can relate to a single living individual is mm-hmm. personal data mm-hmm. and for you to be allowed to process that data guess what in the basic basic default scenario 
it's illegal, it's prohibited to process any type of personal data. You're not allowed to process any type of personal data at all unless you meet all the 99 articles in the GDPR. Yep. And I mean, you really need to meet all the 99 articles in GDPR. Mm -hmm. You can't say, I meet 97 of them. That's good enough. Mm -hmm. Give me an A+. Mm -hmm. A for effort. The law doesn't work (laughs) that way. No. Uh, On a a social science test or on a... (laughs) On a university test, yeah, absolutely. If you have 97 out of 99, that's an awesome score. Yeah, that would score you an A for sure, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. But in the law, no, unfortunately. I try to compare this to if you run across the speed limit. Mm-hmm. I bet you that the traffic provisions, the traffic laws in your country have a lot more laws than just speeding. Yeah, it's a so, law. Even if you speed mm-hmm. and get caught and they say you were speeding here, you can't say, but heck, I have a fully registered and security approved car mm-hmm. and I wasn't drunk while driving it and I had my seatbelt on while mm-hmm. driving it. So I filled all the other provisions in the traffic law. Yeah. Then, of course, I should be perfectly fine by speeding. Mm. No, com- sorry. No. You broke the speeding law anyway. So exactly. you broke it. It won't it won't give you nay, exactly. They will not give you a pat on the back and say, Oh well that's of course. We'll we'll forget about the speeding ticket then. It doesn't work that so, way. So yeah, so we have still still a lot of general principles discussing when we have this. But of course, uh this is the tro- what when I mean that GDPR is a bad law also because it's 99 articles that are highly advanced some of them are really questionable and some are really, are really hard to understand mm-hmm. mm. they are so, and they um, and here's the problem with with gdpr as is they have opened it up for interpretation in some parts of the law they haven't been cleared clear enough in some parts of it and that has given the opportunity for interpretation Mm. And that's when you go south really Mm. fast. Yes. And let's now be clear anyway with the parts that are clear. And that's the definition parts. Yes. And for for some crazy strange point, we are discussing and debating definitions. No, sorry. There's no debating a definition. That's a definition. Well, the definition didn't suit my my needs. Hence, I want to debate and create a new one. Yeah, but... Sorry, this is GDPR's definition of stuff, and GDPR is the law, so yeah, whatever definition you might have of a word outside GDPR, mm-hmm. when it comes in terms of GDPR, it's the definition written in GDPR that's the point. So, yeah. sort of, so personal data and data subject, that's something we've discussed right now. But yeah, anything, anything that can relate to a single individual, an identifiable natural person. Mm-hmm. It's called, it's personal data. Okay, collecting and by any means of operation, and this means any type of operation, recording, structuring, storage, retrieval, use, mm. transmission or anything, other transmission, redaction, destruction. This is called processing. And... <clears throat> GDPR is always pointed at uh, corporate entities and organizations. So it's not for civilian persons, so to speak. It's uh, 
or legal entities that are a corporation or organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this legal entity that collects the data, that's actually responsible for saying, please Daniel Gustafsson, I want your information that might be personal data. Mm -hmm. This legal entity is called the controller. Yes. Controller is also processing data. Then we have subcontractors to a controller that's called processors. Mm -hmm. And this causes confusion to no end. Yeah, unbelievably. But sorry, both the controller and processor are processing personal data. Yes. There's always a controller. There's no need for any processors at all. No. But of course, <clears throat> let's say that the company, that the store that wants to get your information for mm -hmm. you to buy a frying pan. Mm -hmm. It's not the same legal entity as the entity that runs the servers, provides the hardware, provides the compute basics. For instance, it might be a cloud provider underneath yeah. the store. So from Amazon, there might be a BWS. Yeah, there might be something underneath. I mean, underneath. I mean, again, every, almost every service today online is hosted somewhere else. Literally yes. no one is hosting their own service anymore. It's it's it, regardless if it's a, one of the major hyperscalers or if it's a local cloud provider or a cl cl local infrastructure provider of some sort. There most probably is not hosted in the basement of the company that owns the service. So <clears throat> you have the controller that's the one who's actually interacting directly with the data subjects. Mm -hmm. So those are the ones who want, for instance, the address up uh, information mm -hmm. from you in order to send you your frying pan. Mm. And guess what? Daniel Gustafsson at your home address. That's personal data. Yep. Because that uniquely identifies you. Because yeah, it's only you don't one. Have a... It's only one here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and with that said, I totally disagree. I thought you should have named your sons Daniel Gustafsson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to, but my wife said no. So let's exactly. continue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now guess what? Then if you collect this, if you are the one responsible for wanting to collect this and host everything in your basement, have no subcontractors involved hmm. in the processing of data, then you don't need a processor. But otherwise, you will most probably today, absolutely most probably today, have a processor. That's another legal entity. The controller and the processors are always separate legal entities. Mm. And the <coughs> processor is always a supplier to the controller. Mm. And uh, as a supplier, you might, of course, be... You might be so basic that you are responsible only for destroying disks. You're still part of the processing because destruction of data is still... It's part, of yeah, it's, part, it's part of the life cycle so, management of the data, so, yeah. So you can be very much involved or mm. very little involved. Mm. But you are still a processor. You still need to have a contract with clear instructions from the controller to the processor. Yeah. And then, of course, if I am a big cloud, I might have a lot of suppliers myself that are also involved. For sure, for sure. Mm. Those are called sub-processors in mm -hmm. that sense. And as a controller, you need to risk evaluate all processors and subprocessors in determined towards 
what type of data are you actually collecting and processing yeah. and for what purpose. So first off, as a controller, you need to have a legal principle on why you collect the data. Mm. One such thing that's perfectly legal to collect data is, of course, we want to get paid. It's a contractual thing. Yep. You want a service or a product and for that they want to charge you an amount of money. For sure. And you want to pay with credit card. Yeah. These are all perfectly legal and valid points why you have. What's not okay then is if Amazon collects your credit card information mm. and then uses that for market targeting mm. purposes and sells that to other vendors who can send direct commercials to you mm-hmm. or advertisements to you. Yep. That's not legal. No. That has to be stipulated otherwise. But you always need to find a legal principle and use the personal data and you're only allowed to use personal data for that purpose alone. Mm. And the most important principle of all of this because... I see a lot of companies, and you see that with the enforcement tracker as well, and where they where they fail is one they don't understand that you need to have a legal purpose for processing data. Mm. You fail that, or two, if they have a legal purpose, they say, "But heck, we had a legal purpose for processing data." Yeah, but did you leak the data? Mm. Yes. And the first and foremost, before anything else in GDPR, before anything else, before you start, when you start to collect data, the first and foremost thing you need to ask yourself is, can we keep it secure from data breaches? Mm. In no way, nowhere ever are you allowed to cause data breaches. No. You're not allowed to leak your data in any sense. And that should be your first point of priority. Do not leak data. Don't leak data. And if you're not up to snuff in your processes around leaking data, Mm. please fix that first. Yes. And here's, I just want to add that before we continue. I believe Mm. here's also one thing that I hear a lot is that you cannot outsource your data breach possibility. Meaning if you use a cloud provider or a infrastructure provider or some sort of partner that handles your infrastructure or your data or your applications or whatever, you cannot say it was, well, it could be their fault, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong, but it's still your responsibility to make sure before you hire them, how does their processes, what the, what does they actually look like? Um, what are they, what is their uh, way of working and so on and so forth. You can't outsource that problem from your own hands. You're still responsible for the data you collect for your service, regardless of your, how your processor and sub-processor structure look like. That is still in the responsibility of the controller. Because I hear that a lot. Well, it wasn't me. It wasn't <coughs> us. It was mm. someone else. Yeah, and that's fine. And then that means you can probably sue them if they have done it un- unlawfully. But, but still, it's still you're, you're you go- that have failed the GDPR provision. Yes, you're part else. of that process still. Mm. And Please believe that you as a controller are always, always, always the major party responsible Mm -hmm. for all other processing. Even if you contract a lot of processors or sub-processors in turn. You as the controller have the main responsibility because it was on your end that you started 
the collection. Yes, that was and your initiative. you made the decision. Mm. Because GDPR is very clear. There is nothing, absolutely nothing in the world forcing you to process any type of personal data at all. No, that's up to you. That's perfectly up to you. Mm. Of course, you can't run a business by not doing this. No, no, it's it's going to be hard. Yeah, fair enough. That's yeah, going to so, be tough. So, but... I mean, absolutely. But then you have to follow the laws. Mm. I hear a lot of arguments that we shouldn't have a regulated market surrounding personal data. For and IT yeah, industries, yeah, no. Mm. No, industries won't self-control and won't self-regulate. That's just the truth of it. No. Personal data is the new gold. Yes. Valued crazy amount of money. Mm -hmm. And that's why the reason. And if there's crazy amount of money in the works, you will absolutely not get the self-regulation. No. Look at pharmaceuticals. Look at banking. Mm -hmm. Look at insurance. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone would, in a straight face, be able to argue we shouldn't have... Air, uh, air traffic security anymore. Mm. We should allow the industries to self-regulate. Yeah, for sure. Let's all the air, let's let the airports airports self-regulate their own their own controls. No, no. That's, that's going to end up in a nightmare because guess what? As long as there is monetary gain for someone, I mean, it only takes one, right? <laughs> Ten of us can be completely in an agreement for for how to work in a controlled manner but there's one that decides to take up an opportunity and make money out of an unregulated business and unfortunately within the IT industry it's been unregulated for far too long and since everything almost today is internet connected in one way shape or form the internet unfortunately today is pretty much unregulated as well well you can argue that depending on country and so on and so forth but in general, there are no real regulations for what's right and what's wrong. Hence where the data protection laws come into place. Problem now in that situation, of course, is that we don't have one law for the entire world. We have several laws which are not in direct, well, they are in conflict with each other. That's the problem also. But having a completely unregulated market, no, let's just <laughs> Bitcoin, my goodness. How's that going for you? Yeah. Mm. So, okay, back to the basics. Mm. A data subject and you as a controller wants to collect information from the data subject just because you want to sell them something, they want to be able to pay something and they want to collect delivery. Yep. Very natural stuff. Yep. Nothing strange about that. Then I said, as I said, it's, a, it's up to you as the controller to make sure that these information are kept safe mm -hmm. and you, you don't reuse it for a different purpose no. than the one you collected because then it's illegal again yeah. you need to find a legal purpose why you collect it for that issue for one well. reason mm. yes so <clears throat> the next part is of course that as the controller you are responsible for ensuring that all your processors also follow this law mm. and you don't lower security in any way or shape or form by using this type of processor. Yep. And that includes doing an evaluation of all their sub-processors mm. to make sure that they don't, in turn, lower the standards, security standards mm -hmm. that are put through GDPR. So this is also the biggest and trickiest question now with GDPR. 
because this means that you need to do a data protection impact assessment, it's called. Mm -hmm. You need to do a risk assessment and an analysis what happens if this data is breached, should this data be breached, and have an appropriate risk assessment Mm -hmm. made by this. And here, things are really up for question. I highly recommend that you hire an expert when you do your risk assessment the first time, if you're not familiar in doing appropriate risk assessments. Mm. Because the biggest tricky question here is, of course, the risk assessment. That might There's no clear-cut exact provisions. One risk assessment should look like this and nothing else, and it's always like this. No, you can't say that. Because it's very, very different. Ima- imagine if I collect data that uh, that's your hospital record, your patient journal. Or if I collect data for a newsletter that's your public-facing email address. That's very different information. And the same is true if uh, I collect uh, data that's your... Um, yeah your information that you share with your shrink and psychologist. It's a crazy, crazy different opinion than if I collect data that happens to be your home delivery address. So, uh, different purposes, different consequences if they are breached needs a different set of risk assessments but of course that's where it comes tricky because since it's not clear cut any in any sense you need to leave a lot up to interpretation mm. and you need to leave a lot up to court rulings because there's no way i can go and say to someone you've made a poor risk assessment here mm. And say that's illegal. No, that needs to go through court. Yeah. I can say that not doing a risk assessment is illegal. That's very clear cut. That's a perfectly fine thing. I can say from the risk assessments, have they done it? I can, of course, argue that I think parts of it are missing Mm. and they should have contracted a professional instead of trying to do it themselves because most of the risk assessments are missing. That's one thing, but I can't say they're wrong in that sense because that's very much up for interpretation and that's something court rulings will have to iron out in the long run. The sad part with this is they have certification mechanisms to help with this, but they have Mm. not implemented them. So to date, I I still cannot buy any of those. No. So, yeah. So this is still tricky issue because three years later you might want to have implemented a few of these nice ideas you had about helping mm. people. Anyway, here we are. But that said, certain things are set for absolute true and you can't say, oh, those don't apply. Those we cannot negotiate. Mm. Sorry, no, you have to negotiate those. And certain things are up for interpretation and it's exactly the risk assessment that can be up for interpretation. And of course, that's something each controller needs to do, and that's also something that's uh, very tricky. So, yeah, w- that's why we end up in these um, a bit crazy debates. 
here and there about this. But yeah, remember a few principles and and absolutely the definitions in GDPR. Mm. You cannot reinterpret the definitions. The definitions is definitions. So don't even try yeah. that one. I yeah. know big hyperscalers called the muffins are keen on in reinterpreting the definitions in GDPR, but that's not true. That, that's not a possibility even. Sorry no. to say. And remember that processing data and being a processor is different things. So both a controller and a processor are processing data. This is crazy confusing for people. And I, mm-hmm. I tend to agree that the naming is crazy confusing. But mm. yeah. So whenever it comes to gathering personal data, there's always a data subject or plenty of data subjects usually. And a controller. That's the baseline. Yep. A legal entity that gathers the information about a lot of living people. Those are the data subjects. Mm. That's always baseline. And then they might request a lot of subcontractors those are processors yeah so yeah and uh, <clears throat> the controller is the one mainly responsible for all this in gdpr you of course have some obligations as a processor but mostly you have to follow what the controller tells you to do mm. that's the biggest and most important <clears throat> of all this so that's the easy but all the obligations, all the legal requirements are on the controller. That's also important to remember. And controller needs to make a data protection impact assessment and have that on file. For every purpose they've tried to collect personal data, they need to have a data protection impact assessment. So mm. it's one for a lot of different systems, I bet you. So. Start by cataloging your information assets to see what type of information do we have there. For what purpose are we doing gathering this information in our systems mm. and do a security impact assessment and look at can we keep this safe from data breaches first and foremost. Mm. <clears throat> and then, then when you have done this, we can come to parts that are actually up for debate. But nothing of this um, said so far is actually up for debate. No, And then we usually get into this, but if data is encrypted, mm. yeah, okay. I try to compare them to <clears throat> like this. Imagine you have this small safety deposit box as you have in your hotel room when you travel, for instance. Mm-mm. You have this small locked box that you can. Mm. <clears throat> Imagine if you have a sheet of paper that's a lot of personal data on. Yep. It might be anything, but for sake... Let's say it's a list of kids in your school class that have allergies. Mm. You have kids with allergies. This is medical information, sensitive data. For sure. And you have this written on a piece of paper. Anyone who can see this piece of paper can, of course, read this. Mm. And you put this piece of paper into the safety deposit box. Then you have... organization, a company that you've contracted to move the safety deposit box out of the lunchroom and into a big security vault during the night to store it more securely and then move it out to the room again. Mm. The firm that you contracted to move the safety deposit box is still a processor. 
it's still personal data, even if they can't directly connect to the personal data, if it, even if it's locked away, so they can't read it directly. Mm. This is encryption. They can't read it directly, but they're still responsible for moving it. Then it's still processing of personal data. And then yeah. I recommend go back and read the definitions. There's nothing there that says encrypted data is taken apart. No, it's still processing, even if it contains. So even if you know that the encrypted data contains personal data, then it's still mm -hmm. processing. Mm -hmm. It's, of course, a lot better from a data breach perspective. <clears throat> that you might be safer a lot if you encrypt data. Mm. So I usually found, uh, hear sometimes the argument, we shouldn't do any encryption at all because it's no, no use anyway, regardless mm. of GDPR. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's always, always a good security practice mm. <laughs> to encrypt data. However, it might lower and set less requirements on you in your risk assessment if you have encrypted data. That's one thing. But it still requires legal processing. Mm -hmm. Even if it's encrypted, you still are part of the processing of personal data. Yep. Encrypted or not, you're still part of the processing. So encryption does not take away the demand of GDPR. No. It can take away a bit of the severity if there is a data breach mm -hmm. but you're still part of the process because imagine if you take this safety deposit box and people say destroy this personal data one is opening it and putting fire to that document yeah then it's destroyed of course but one is taking this entire box no mm -hmm. no way i can read it but i put yeah. it under a pile of explosives and blow it away mm -hmm. i've also destroyed that one mm without being able to see it. This is exactly what most processors are charged of doing, destroying the disk where we've stored the encrypted mm. data. Exactly. That, that's, that's the part. So you're still part of the processing of data, however, you, even if you can't be able to read it in clear text. That's yeah. part of it. So part of understanding a bit that, yes, <clears throat> and that means that you still need to abide by all 99 articles. So let's let's agree on that. Mm. All articles, the entire law. Are your controller or are your processor, you still need to buy, abide by all 99 articles in the law. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, if you're a processor, you only need to concern yourself about the 20 or so articles that concern you specifically. The rest is mm -hmm. the controllers obligation to make sure yeah but regardless all 99 articles need to be followed mm. Mm. all right let's stop there and let's continue next week because we've been ordered to talk more about this even though we actually don't really <laughs> i mean it's fun don't get us wrong but there are more sexy topics to talk about i guess but it is relevant again so yeah and i can say you give you a teaser next week we will specifically talk about transfers of personal data to third countries again. Yes, again. I talked to it, but the nice part now, as I said, a lot of guiding things. EDPB mm. has come out with stuff. Court rulings has come out with stuff. But we are still not discussing the same thing. So let's talk specifically about 
everything about the transfers of personal data to third countries. Yep. And see, okay, please, you have to understand, because there's a lot of, uh, let's say, propaganda answers. Answers deliberately to cause confusion. Mm-hmm. Because it's very much politician answers. If you know you fail on one article, when I ask you, please explain how you resolve Article 48. It's a lot more convenient to resolve. We resolve Article 45 this way. Mm. But that's not... That's not answering the question. That's not answering the question. Mm. But that's a very popular scenario we see more and more today. Mm. And especially, as we've mentioned, encryption, encryption, encryption. No still doesn't help how do you resolve article 48 Mm. and we will go through what exactly article 48 (coughs) is unless you haven't already read (laughs) this law up and down back and forwards which you should have by now Uh, but if you haven't of course we will explain what article 48 is next week if you think all of this is crazy confusing please know that you can get help from us directly for sure reach out because the, on the same place where you can reach us in terms of citynetwork.eu slash podcast, you can also now reach out to us and say, we would like some assistance and help with this and get the information security stack in your house to talk to you with your company and your peers directly. So that's an option starting 2022. So we look forward to hearing from you if you want our assistance in these matters, or at least we maybe we can guide you to people who know what to do, in what order, in what fashion. So feel free to reach out. So next week, Article 48, data transfers to third country, all that lovely thing again. But we'll go through it again because it's important. So until then, have an awesome weekend or week, depending on when you listen to this. Talk to you next time. (laughs) 